Hello, and welcome to Passion and the Plague, a podcast from The Independent, where we take you back to a lockdown long ago. It's 1348. As the Black Death sweeps across Europe, a group of friends flee the Italian city of Florence to quarantine in the countryside. They tell each other stories to keep themselves entertained, and the idea of Giovanni Boccaccio's Decameron, one of Europe's great literary achievements, is born. In this series, you'll hear 10 stories from the book, read by people in self-isolation across the country as we tackle the 21st century version of the play. Today's episode is Pinuccio and Nicolosa. Enjoy. The next two days were Friday and Saturday, and so, as they'd done before, the friends refrained from the sort of pleasures they'd enjoyed on previous days. It was Sunday morning, and the sun was already glittering the highest mountain tops when the company made their way to a little chapel where they heard mass, then came back to the house for breakfast. The rest of the day was spent in singing and dancing, and because Philomena had sung a song of love so passionately, the gossip was that she must be in love, and that maybe she'd already enjoyed the pleasures only intimacy between two people can give, which made a good few of her friends a little jealous, I can tell you. Lauretta was queen for the day, and had already chosen one of the gentlemen, we'll call him Emilio, to begin their afternoon's entertainment, with a tale of his own devising. In the valley of Mugnone, not long ago, lived a good man who earned his living, supplying food and drink to travellers. Though he was poor, and his house very small, now and then he'd offer those who needed it to bed for the night, but only he already knew him. Now, our friend had a beautiful wife, who'd borne two children, a lovely girl about sixteen, not yet married, and a little boy, barely twelve months old, who was still on the breast. The daughter, needless to say, caught the eye of a handsome and pleasant young gentleman of our city who travelled a lot in the countryside and fallen madly in love with her. And on the girl's part, well, she was certainly flattered by her handsome admirer, and such a noble one at that, and did everything she could to encourage him. And along the way, she fell in love with him too. And they would have happily jumped into bed together, except that Pernuccio, for that was the young man's name, didn't want to expose either of them to shame. Well, with time, however, Pinuccio's love and longing for her overcame all those scruples. He simply had to have her, whatever the consequences, and he started to think of an excuse for asking to spend the night at her father's house. He had a good idea of the layout of the house, so he was sure he could sleep with a girl without anyone knowing. And as soon as he thought it, then he was planning how to carry it out. Late one afternoon along with his best friend, who was called Adriano, who knew all about his love for the girl, he hired two horses, along with a pair of saddlebags, probably filled with straw, and they left Florence in the direction of Marquet. And after making a wide circuit, they came up into the valley of the Mignone a little after nightfall. Then, as if they were returning from the Romagna to the east, they wheeled their horses around, and they rode up to the little house of our friend, and they rapped on the door. And since the man knew both Pinuccio and his companion, he immediately opened it. Look, said Pinuccio, can you put us up for the night, old friend? There's no way we can enter Florence now. It's taken us too long to get this far, as you can see. Pinuccio, replied the host, 
You know I can't provide the sort of lodgings you're used to, but, you know, if you've nowhere else to go, I'm happy to put you up as best as I can. So the two young men stabled the horses and they went into the house. And as they provided themselves with plenty of food, they were able to share a good supper with the host and his family. Now, the little house had only one bedroom, which was very small, and the host had managed to cram into it three small beds, as well as he was able to, leaving virtually no room to move them out. Two beds stood along one wall, and the third against the opposite wall, with very little space between them. The host made up the least horrid of the three beds for his guests and invited them to sleep there for the night. A little later, when it appeared that the guests were asleep, though they were far from it, he put his daughter in one of the other two beds and retired along with his wife into the third. And beside their bed was the cradle in which their son slept. With everything arranged in this way, Pinuccio, who'd seen and heard all that had gone on and who was where, waited until he was sure everyone was sleeping, before quietly leaving his bed and creeping across the room to the bed in which he hoped to find the young girl laying down beside her. Although at first surprised, the girl joyfully wrapped her arms around him and they proceeded to make love as they'd longed to do for so many months. Whilst Pinuccio and the girl were quietly screwing, somewhere in the house a cat knocked something over which woke up the host's wife. Worried about what it was, she got up and she stumbled away in the dark towards where she thought the noise came from. Meanwhile, Adriano also got up at the same time, not for the same reason, but because he needed to pee. And as he was groping his way outside to relieve himself, he nearly tripped over the cradle placed on the floor by the woman, so he couldn't get by it without moving it. So he picked it up and he placed it by his own bed. And then having had a piss, he returned to his bed without putting the cradle back to its original place. Now, the woman had by now discovered that nothing important had fallen, and without bothering to light a lamp, she swore at the cat and she shuffled back into the bedroom. She felt her way towards the bed, in which her husband was lying, but not being able to find the cradle, she thought to herself, What an arse I am! <laughs> See what you've done! Good God, you nearly got onto the guest's bed! And going on a little further, she found the cradle and slipped into the bed, beside Adriano, thinking she was lying down with her husband. Adriano was far from asleep and noticed all of this, of course, making her more than welcome in his bed. And without a word, he made love to her, over and over, until she was grinning like the cat who got the cream. This, then, was how things stood when Pinuccio, who'd already had his sweet way with the girl but was now afraid of falling asleep beside her, left her warm nest to creep back to where Adriano lay. But when he reached what he thought was his bed, he found the cradle and he so he carried on. Thanking his lucky stars, he'd not mistakenly stumbled into the host's bed. So in the end, he did exactly what he'd been avoiding, and he got into bed with the host, who woke up when he felt him clambering in, and he was, of course, convinced that it was Adriano who lay beside him. So Pinuccio said, Fuck me, I've had the best time with that girl. The closer. Oh, better than any man had with any woman. Been shagging since the moment I left you, half a dozen times or more. The host heard all of this 
to say the least, was far from pleased. And while he was wondering what the devil the young man was doing in his bed, his anger got the better of him, and he began to yell, Pinocchio, you fucking snake in the grass! I can't imagine why you would have done such a thing to me, but by God, I'll pay you back for it! Now, Pinocchio was not the cleverest of young men, and realising his mistake, rather than doing all he could to pour cold water on the fire by backtracking, he decided to make things worse. They say you'll pay me back. What could you do to me, you oaf? The housewife, still thinking she was with her husband, said to Adriano, Good Lord, listen to our guests arguing with each other. Laughing, Adriano said, Leave them to it. They drank way too much yesterday evening. But the good woman, thinking she could recognise her husband bellowing across the room and Adriano's voice beside her, finally worked out whose bed she was in. So being a canny person, she got up without a word. She took a baby's cradle, and although she couldn't see a thing in the room which was in total darkness, she crossed over to the bed in which her daughter slept and set the cradle down by it. Then she got in beside the girl. And as though she'd just woken up, she demanded to know what all the noise was about and why her husband was quarrelling with Pinuccio. Her husband replied, "'Didn't you hear what he says he's been doing me, Nicolosa, all night?' He's lying, the woman said. He's been nowhere near Nicolosa. Look, I've been right here beside her and I haven't slept a wink. You're an idiot to believe him. You all drink so much, you dream all night and wander here and there in your sleep, thinking you've done marvels. It's a shame you don't fall and break your necks. But what's Pinuccio doing with you? Why isn't he in his own bed? For his part, Adriano, seeing how the woman had saved both herself and her daughter from shame, backed her up. Saying, Pinuccio, I've told you a hundred times not to wander about at night. This habit of yours of getting up in your sleep and saying whatever you've been dreaming of will get you into trouble. Come back here. When he heard what his wife and Adriano said, the horse began to think that Pinuccio had truly been dreaming. And grabbing his shoulder, he shook him and he yelled at him, Pinuccio, wake up! Go back to your own bed! Pinuccio had heard all of this and now began to behave like a man who was still dreaming throwing his leg over his host's murmuring sweet nothings at which the host fell about laughing. Oh, at last, after a good shaking, he gave a decent enough performance of waking up and called out to Adriano, uh, What's up? Why are you shouting at me? Uh, is it daytime? Yes, said Adriano, come back here. Keeping up the show of being very drowsy, Pinuccio left his host's side and went back to bed with Adriano. When they got up in the morning, the host began to laugh and poke fun at him and his dreaming. And so, with a lot of joking, the two young men took the horses, loaded up the saddlebags, and drinking a glass of wine with their host, they remounted and went back to Florence, no less content with the way their adventures had turned out and with the actual adventures themselves. From then on, Pinuccio found other ways of spending time with Nicolosa, who assured her mother that he had definitely been dreaming. And so the good woman who still remembered Adriano's embraces told herself that only she had been, only she had been awake that night. This episode of Passion and the Plague was narrated by me, Kevin Childs, and the storyteller, Emilio, was played by Chris Salisbury. Subscribe to this series on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Acast, or wherever you listen so you'll never miss an episode. If you've enjoyed this story and want to read more from the Decameron, there's a link in the description to buy the book. Thank you for listening.